Hello everyone and welcome back to The Good Screen. I'm Russell. I'm Lauren. And we're back here with, um, I guess, season two of our podcast. Woo! Woo! So we've wrapped up our first year of doing the podcast together with Minions last week. Minions! And we have a few changes, hopefully, that are going live with this podcast. We're doing new art. Lauren is going to make art for every single episode. Yup. Um, which you had to finish for this one still. We're a little late because we were on vacation. Yep. We'll talk about that more later. Yep. And Lauren's doing the art, and we're going to probably have a different kind of video feed up. Uh, if not on this one, the next one, because Lauren still has to make those assets. And, yeah, so new changes and everything. Going to be a little bit different uh, visually if you watch on YouTube and on Spotify, where I think the art actually changes i don't think it changes in in apple oh well that's sad unless you change like the main artwork for the podcast which is strange oh, but yeah so which we'll be changing that too you have that one ready right no. lauren, lauren wanted more uh involvement and then she just completely just didn't finish any of the we stuff were on vacation. <laughs> we that was like two weeks ago what? all right no, that was yesterday no, two weeks ago when we just when we started working on the stuff. I didn't know I was doing everything, everything. I thought you wanted to. I do, but you didn't give me a list of everything I had to do. Oh, well, apparently I need to give you a list of things. Either way, yes, um, there, there's going to be some visual changes for the podcast, and Lauren wanted to be more involved. I'm really quiet, even though I'm talking at a normal volume. Okay, I'll boost you up. Later? Yeah, I'll boost you in audacity. Oh, okay. Does it sound weird when you do that? No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Today we have a very long episode planned. Oh my god. It's We're going to be here for a long time. It is, for us right now, it's 2.37. Uh, Why don't we just go ahead and get started with talking about the first movie so you have something to, to read and uh, apparently be entertained because you can't stop yawning. Wake me up. <laughs> I was um, just reading about World War Two for like an hour or so. Yeah, that That'll would that it. would tire me out too. I was reading about Barbie <laughs> for an hour, or so yeah, you're, that, you're pumped. I'm, I'm pumped up. Um, so obviously, and we're a little late on it because we had to go on vacation, but we we had, we to, just go. had to go. We on had vacation. to go on vacation. <laughs> uh, we went last weekend. We went to go see Oppenheimer and Barbie, like everyone else, and uh, in a rare fashion, we're talking about two new movies. In one podcast and one new TV show. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. I haven't finished watching the second season. I haven't either, but I think that's okay. Okay. Yeah. First movie we're going to talk about today is Oppenheimer, and we're just going to get right into it. No, what have you been enjoying? No, anything like that. Just straight into the movie. So, Lauren, what can you tell me about Oppenheimer? Did you learn about World War Two in sixth grade? I learned about it from sixth grade all the way up through like 12th grade perfect the end really <laughs> i mean i didn't learn uh, anything about this guy i i was like who the fuck is he oops i just hit the mic i'm so sorry editing russell that might have sounded bad okay let me read so this movie is called oppenheimer good job thank you i did my research yeah. Um, it's directed by Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Its budget was only a hundred million dollars. Okay. I thought it'd be a lot more than that, but I guess not. 
it's based on history naturally but (laughs) (laughs) you mean this really happened yes what yes oh my god um but it was more notably like like specifically based on a biography about oppenheimer called american prometheus the triumph and tragedy of j robert oppenheimer okay so a lot of stuff comes from that it's a biography written by like two authors about him it was written like the 90s okay um, when you could start talking about stuff from World War Two, yeah, when it was no, when it was a bit more socially acceptable to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. And everything in this movie is literally pretty much true, okay. except there was some like dramatic added to it. But everything ha- that happened, it, it happened. Yeah. It all happened. Um, Real life. So, <laughs> Oppenheimer was born in April of 1902 in New York City. Uh, his parents were fresh off the boat from Germany. Oh. He was Jewish. Okay. That's mentioned in the movie a couple of times. Quite a bit. He earned his bachelor degree from Harvard in 1925, so he would have been 23. And he got his PhD at the University of Göttingen in Germany in 1927. Okay. I don't think you can get a PhD just two years after a bachelor anymore. I think you can. I thought you have to get a master's first. I don't know. Anyway, so then he came back to the United States after that, did a bunch of bouncing around, like, uh, career-wise, but then in 1936, he joined the physics department at UC Berkeley and became a professor, and then that's how he got introduced to the Manhattan Project eventually. Yeah. The Manhattan Project started four years after the German nuclear program was started, which, do you know what it's called? No. So, the name translates to... The Uranium Club. The Uranium Club. Yes. And when it started at first, it was more like theoretical, like, can we do it type thing? Because it started in 1939. So, yeah. And they never really got their feet too far up off the ground Mm -hmm. with most stuff. But a lot of that is because they refused to use normal fucking physics. They refused to use Jewish science. Oh, yeah. Aryan science, which I was trying to figure out what any of it meant, and I couldn't understand. <laughs> I could, I understood it less than I understand normal physics. Wow. So that just goes to show you what they were working with, which was basically nothing. So because of that, like in that one part of the movie where Groves and Oppenheimer were talking about how far ahead they are from the Germans. Yeah. Even though technically they were like four years behind with starting their program, they were like eons ahead of them because they were using science made by jewish people they were just that was accurate science yeah well the reason why they considered physics to be like jewish science in the first place was because all the physics scientists just happened to be jewish Yeah. yeah and so also the u.s kind of like mind gamed itself with the manhattan project because they thought the germans were going to drop a bomb like any day they like mind game themselves with making with being able to make so much progress so fast yeah they were like well we could just like get blown up yeah but so because of that and they had like a fire under their ass about that yeah even though the the nazis never got close to making an atomic bomb because part of the reason like why they fucked up is because so at first they did do tests with uranium Mm -hmm. but the uranium that they have access that they had access to in nazi germany was like really shitty uranium basically whereas we in the united states have access to much better uranium sure it's true and so 
when they did do tests with uranium, it didn't work. If they had good uranium, it would have worked the first time. Like, they had the science almost right the first time. Wow. But they had shitty uranium, so it didn't work, so they thought it wouldn't work, period. Hmm. So then they switched to using this thing called heavy water, which okay. is an isotope of water. Okay. I don't know how else to explain it. <laughs> you remember what an isotope is, right? No. Okay, so an isotope <laughs> is the regular molecule, uh-huh. but a little bit different. Okay. So it was heavy water. Yes, that's what it was called. Okay. The heavy water wasn't as if, not nearly as efficient as uranium, and it took like 10,000 times more heavy water to make it work than it did uranium. Oh. That's, that's, that's not a real number. That's just me like trying to show you the emphasis of how inefficient it was to... Right uh uranium so i and i just they said in the movie uh werner heisenberg he did at one point like teach oppenheimer Mm -hmm. and he was very quickly like gotten a hold of by the nazis yeah unfortunately they kept him in a basement or something right yeah i was telling you about that in the movie a little bit but so it's never been like officially confirmed or not or at least not that i could find but heisenberg basically like self-sabotaged the whole Nazi atomic bomb project because he didn't want it to happen. Yeah. And so he kind of like lowballed how much money he would need in order to make the bomb in the first place so that he wouldn't even be able to get access to the stuff he actually needed, if that makes sense. Okay. But also that way, even if he did do it, it would be impressive because he did it with like such little resources. Yeah. But he never did it. And then this is taken directly from an article. It says... Heisenberg said in 1939 that the physicist at a meeting said that in principle atomic bombs could be made. It would take years, not before five. So, like, it would take, like, at least five years for them to make an atomic bomb at that point. And that was in 1939. Yeah. And then he said, I didn't report it to the Fuhrer until two weeks later and very casually did it because I did not want the Fuhrer to get so interested that he would order great efforts immediately to make the atomic bomb. So he was kind of just like, eh, yeah, it could work, but it'll take a while. We should probably just not do it. That was, that was Hitler? Yes. Hitler. <laughs> um, the Fuhrer. And so then another guy named Speer, he was originally an architect, but uh, Hitler made him like the minister of armaments yeah. and war production. So he was like in charge of making the weapons. So Speer felt that it was better that the whole thing should be dropped. Uh, don't mind the pun. Um, like a bomb? <laughs> uh, and the the Fuhrer agreed. And so then in Spears' autobiography that also came out in like the, I forget what year, like the late 80s or something, he stated that the project to develop the atomic bomb um, was kind of like scuttled is the word they used in the fall of 1942. Like they tried to get back at doing it. Um, and even though the science was there... It still would have taken all of Germany's, like, resources to make the bomb, and it would still would have taken, like, th- four years. Okay. Five years, even then. <laughs> so um, what does this have to do with Oppenheimer? <laughs> it's the history! It's not, it has nothing to do with the, the, our side. Yes, it does. Okay, tell me more because about Because they the were movie. in, like, a race against them, but there actually was never a race at all. Yeah. Okay. But they didn't know that. They were only mind-gaming themselves. But they didn't have, like, access to, like, German news or anything, so they didn't know what was happening. And then, like I said, he was effectively, like, put into a basement to do his work with little funding. 
uh, Heisenberg was. Getting on to the U.S. dropping the bomb. The United States made the decision after this thing called the Potsdam Declaration. It was also called the Proclamation Defining Terms for Japanese Surrender, which was on July 26, 1945. This was a meeting where President Truman, Winston Churchill, and a chairman of China met with the Empire of Japan to basically, like, give them terms of surrender. And Japan was given an ultimatum saying that if they didn't surrender, that they would face prompt and utter destruction. <laughs> and Japan was like, no, we're not going to surrender. But there's also an argument made that even though they never asked Japan for, like, a peace treaty, they only asked for straight-up surrender. Yeah. So there's arguments that maybe if they had asked for a peace treaty instead, we never would have had to drop the bombs. But we'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know. So then, just like two weeks later, on August 6, 1945, um, the Gay dropped the Little Boy Bomb onto Hiroshima. Uh, the bomb detonated at 1,750 feet with the equivalent of 13 kilotons of TNT, which yeah. is a lot. Um, wow. It destroyed like five square miles pretty much immediately. 69% of Hiroshima's buildings were destroyed. And... <laughs> 69. And between <laughs> 70 and 80,000 people died. Wow. A couple days later, on August 9th, another plane took off with the Fat Man. It was originally supposed to go to another city called Kokura, but mm. it was too cloudy, so they couldn't, like... They couldn't drop it there. They couldn't, like, see the target. So then they moved on to Nagasaki, which was, like, the next town over. <laughs> um, and this bomb was stronger at 21 kilotons of TNT, um... But the population of Nagasaki wasn't as big, I don't think. So, 35... The estimation is between 35 and 40,000 people died there. So, as you may have noticed, I'm congested. But Why? I don't know. But also, as you may have noticed, <laughs> in... Do you uh, need a tissue? They're right behind you. So, as you may have noticed while watching the movie, they never actually showed the d- the destruction that went on. Yeah, because it's all practical. <laughs> Still. (laughs) Christopher Nolan really wanted to drop another bomb, but they told him no. Did he really? No. They didn't show the destruction in the cities because... I don't think it was because of the whole, like, he doesn't use CG. Mm. But, like, he didn't want... I don't know. I think not showing it was kind of, like, interesting. Because nobody here saw it. No, but it's also, like, kind of weird. It's not weird, Lauren. It's pretty bad. Well, I mean, it's it's bad. I don't yeah. like how they didn't show anything that happened in the cities. Really? It kind of like... Uh, well, you look at it from his perspective. It's like, okay, well, I just built this thing that's going to like destroy people. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at the like screenplay for it, it's all written in first person. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So it, it really is like the whole movie is from his perspective. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense, but it also was, like, giving a little bit of American propaganda, like, not showing that stuff, but I guess... Well, at some point in the movie, he sees footage of, like, aftermath stuff, and, like... Yeah, and then they don't show it to us. They don't show it to us, yeah. So, it's, like... But it is true. They, like, a week later, they sent out um, some American scientists out to, like, do surveys of, like, the radiation. Yeah. And and what happened to the people. Pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, the story goes is that they didn't know the destruction it was caused. Yeah. That it would cause, but, like, they knew. They knew. Like, they estimated their numbers way lower so that it would sound better on paper. Like, because yeah. they said, like, only 10,000 would die, but, like, 
ten times that amount of people died almost. And so, yeah, they knew exactly what was going to happen. They knew the effects that the radiation would have. Mm -hmm. Um, Because basically what happens when you get hit by a nuclear blast is your skin all melts off, your eyeballs explode, and your bones turn to ash. Isn't that wild? Immediately. Um, And if you want to see it happen... You should watch, uh, there was an anime going on. It was like an American, or not American, adult-focused anime called Barefoot Gen. Oh, the movie? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Well, there was but, a it's movie, really... but there was also like a TV series of it. Oh, there was? Mm-hmm. And the movie was based on the TV series. Uh, but okay. basically, you can watch the clip of the bombing scene that happened, and it is... It's, that one's rough. It's rough, but yeah. it's extremely accurate. Mm-hmm. And it's probably made by people who... Friends and family died because I think that came out in like the 80s. Yeah, 83. So, like, people who were children around that time probably animated that. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I recommend you go watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Grave of the Fireflies is bad, uh, good too. I shouldn't say good, but bad. But I haven't seen it because I know it'll make me sad. It's very sad. I don't want to see it. I had to watch it in high school. That's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, uh, any other historical things about Oppenheimer and not the Germans? <laughs> oh, um. Anything else you have on your notes, Lauren? I mean, I meant to look into what happened after the war, but yeah. I kind of forgot. Let me do that right now. Okay. Have you seen any other Christopher Nolan movies? Not that I know of. What else has he done? He did the three Batman movies, the good ones. Which ones are those? The Dark Knight um mm. batman begins the dark knight and the dark knight rises mm. you never okay. uh, heated inception interstellar uh tenant mm. um i think uh, there's another world war ii one. he's a big world war ii guy mm. um i'm forgetting the name of it mm-hmm. but it had like brad pitt in it mm-hmm. basically every dude my age loves christopher nolan movies because they're like i don't know He's like the the thirty year old dude director. Yeah. We want to talk about the the film experience a little bit before we start talking about the movie. Um. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing to really say about Oppenheimer is like after all this, he he went back to teaching originally, but then his heart like wasn't in it anymore. Yeah. Um. So I'd he be... just he focused on studying for a long time. Yeah. And he, even though he was like praised as a hero, he also was kind of living in shame yeah i mean that's the thing like when they were marketing this movie and they were like the first trailers came out everyone was kind of like oh no this giant bomb that i've been developing killed people oh no yeah (laughs) so that's like kind of like the sort of ironic part about it all Mm -hmm. where i guess like you can do something and work towards something and not realize what it's actually gonna do and maybe there was a little bit uh, on him that was like Maybe we just developed this for, like, the emergencies. But, like, yeah, I, I feel like... I don't I, know if he thought they would actually use it yeah, like, right away. I'm not... Yeah, basically, it, the movie made it look like they used it right after it was ready. Like, no, they did it, was, the test. it was a few months. Yeah, it, but it made it look like it was right away. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, well, we just package this up. Yeah. And he was like, they're going to use the bomb to kill people? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, because his job was just to do make the science to build the bomb. Yeah like mm-hmm. that was his part in it yeah so like he he didn't isn't responsible the for the for what happened yeah but 
I mean, he did do the science, so like, there's yeah. a lot of a lot of ethical dilemmas there to be yeah. had. Yeah, well, there were plenty of ethical dilemmas back then on everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. so let me go on to uh, Oppenheimer's final years in death. Oh, okay. So in 1954, Oppenheimer moved to the U.S. Virgin Islands. He spent a lot of time there uh, on, like, a beach house. Sounds he awesome. He only did... looks like he did some interviews um, and, like, talks about the bomb. Okay. Says, in his speeches and public writings, Oppenheimer continually stressed the difficulty of managing the power of knowledge in a world in which the freedom of science to exchange ideas was more and more hobbled by political concerns. So, like, he was more concerned with the science... But then politics took that science and did something with it. Yeah, they kind of showed that in the movie, too. Mm-hmm. He published a book about his experiences. Oppenheimer died at, a, at his home in Princeton, New Jersey, at the age of 62 on February 18th, 1967. From what? Throat cancer. He was a chain smoker. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then a few years later, his wife Kitty died from a pulmonary embolism. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his legacy is he did the bomb. I should have done the research on this one. I did fine! <laughs> I knew more about the stuff that happened during the war than Oppenheimer himself. Okay. So, <laughs> like, whatever. I'm not a big World War II guy. I'm not so much either, but yeah. I have listened to a lot of podcasts about it. Okay, so, so that makes you an expert about it. Yes. Okay. Uh, actually, yes. All right. So what did you think about the movie? Let's talk about the movie theater experience first. So we obviously went to go see this first mm-hmm. in our Barbenheimer uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. We saw it on it IMAX. Was it was Sunday? It, it was, was Sunday, Sunday, yeah. Barbenheimer, we did it on Sunday. Mm-hmm. We saw it at like 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And we saw it in IMAX on, I think, the 50 millimeter or whatever. Mm. Not the biggest one. There's a no. bigger one. Yeah. Um, we don't have access to that, and I don't really care. It was big enough. <laughs> it was big. Mm-hmm. There was a guy in the movie theater with dressed up like Oppenheimer. It was amazing. He came in late, too, which was annoying because he had the fucking hat on. Yeah, and he was like walking in front of everything. And we were like, is that him? Oh, my God, it's Oppenheimer. It's Oppenheimer. Yeah. So the movie itself, I thought it was all going to be in black and white, but it was just... Like the present, the present stuff was in black and white. Yeah, and the past stuff was all in color. Weird. I thought the storytelling was pretty good. It was it was an interesting way to tell the story because it kind of bounced around all over the place and Mm -hmm. then kind of melded together at the end. Yeah, but not yeah. So uh, it was another one of those movies where like you could probably watch it again and like catch things beforehand. Mm -hmm. And knowing the historical context of what was happening was probably would probably be really helpful. Yeah, like, I was trying to give you some fun facts during the movie. And I was like, can you be quiet? Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting. Yeah. Who played Oppenheimer? Um, what's his name? Mr. Oppenheimer himself? Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy. Uh, he looks just like him. He really does. Have yeah, you seen like, a picture of Oppenheimer? Yeah, I have. It's insane. He really does look just like him. Yeah. I know I've seen jokes about how Cillian Murphy is in like every Christopher Nolan film. Yeah. But he really does look just like Oppenheimer. He, I think he plays like, um, shit, who does he play in the Batman movie? I think he's the Scarecrow Ooh. in Batman. I might be wrong. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. 
but I think he is the Scarecrow in Batman Begins, but he's he looks very different there. He has, like, emo hair and stuff. The movie was good. Yes. It was a typical Christopher Nolan movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of weird, though, because out of all of his other movies, they're, like, kind of more action and, like, spectacle. Mm-hmm. And the only spectacle part of this movie was when they tested the bomb. And yeah. that part was really cool, like that how they filmed it. Cool. Um, everything else was just conversation. Um, I think I saw somewhere, I forget who it was, say it was kind of like 12 Angry Men. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but like, That's in what a, the whole war was, basically. Yeah, like... Um, you could argue that. Like a, a judge and jury sort of thing. Yeah. So... Uh, I I learned I definitely learned a lot because like I said and like we announced before we're not really World War Two heads. No. Um, I had the displeasure of my my grandfather passing way too early for me to get even interested in it when I was younger. So that my, never uh, happened. My great granddad was a World War Two veteran, um, but he refused to tell any stories. Wow. To anyone, even uh, my papa, because he's my papa's dad. Yeah. Um, Papa said that, uh, cause Papa was like, when he was a kid and learned about the war, he tried to ask his dad about it, but yeah. his dad never answered any questions. That means his dad probably killed people. He fought in France. Oh yeah. So yeah, he, he killed, he, he killed, killed some people. people probably. Okay. Yeah. My grandpa was a little too young to be in the war, but, mm. um, he would have probably had stories about like people older than him in the family i'm sure and stuff like that i i I mean we live in an area that's very into the war which i think is weird well Um, we're not too far from the capital but also just a lot of veterans live here a lot of veterans live here uh there's a pretty famous uh weekend at the local airport where they fly like real planes from from back then and and do like fireworks shows and uh, stuff which no is kind they of don't like, do fireworks shows they don't no they I don't they, did. they do not do a world which war ii fireworks show that's ironic. that would be really fucked up yeah well maybe not fucked up but like to celebrate the veterans i don't think they do that i could be wrong though um but i never went but i lived so close that i heard it every weekend yeah back in the back in the day i was pretty close to that airport mm-hmm. and they have like um reenactors and stuff like mm-hmm. that um which i uh which are basically like war cosplayers yeah and and a lot of people are really into it people my age a little older than me go go there and wear their grandfather's whatever or whatever and pretend it's 1942 yay woo yeah i don't know whatever happened to my great granddad's uniform that'd be something interesting to ask my papa next time i talk to him yeah if he knows what happened to that kind of stuff or anything about it i don't know if he might he might have been buried in it i didn't get to go to his funeral i don't know because of extenuating circumstances i'll tell you later oh but um (laughs) okay i i wanted to go to his funeral but i was unable to okay um and then my great-grandma died like two weeks later. Wow. Yeah. Were you able to go to that one? No. What the frick? Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, going back to World War II. Um, so my, my least favorite thing about World War II, other than the horribleness and people dying and stuff, mm-hmm. is how sometimes movies portray it as like this like heroic like thing. 
World War like, II fucking sucks. And, and uh, yeah, I don't like when movies are like more propaganda about like, oh, look at this hero. Like, what's the one that's in right now? It's like the Freedom World. What? What's it called? <laughs> what are you talking about? No, there's a movie that's in right now that is like 1000% propaganda. Oh, I had no clue. To the point where like a lot of people like in the Republican Party, like way up there in it, uh-huh. are like buying out whole movie theaters for it, but nobody's actually seeing it. They're just oh. buying all the tickets to boost the sales. What the fuck? Do you yeah. want to go see that next week? <laughs> Hold on. Let me find what it's called. Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom. Yes, okay. it is like one thousand percent just pure propaganda. Yeah, I. Which so is like every other, especially a lot of the movies made about the Iraq War. Yeah. All propaganda. Yeah, we yeah. We did not have to get involved with that, but I'm not going to get into. Anyway, politics. let's not get into politics. But I, I don't really enjoy war movies when they are written from the lens of like, oh wow, look at how great this, you know, heroic this man was, and he fought for freedom and stuff. I like the movies that are like, oh shit. This is pretty hard to watch because that just makes it like shows people that, you know, this is how it was really like and we should probably not do this again. Yeah, that's why I, <laughs> I want to see Saving Private Ryan still. I haven't seen that. That that one's a rough one, too. Like like uh, veterans, some veterans had to like walk out of the movie yeah. theater. Like when that came out, that was the big hot topic. It was like, too yeah, good. this is too accurate. Like like the movie starts with them going off the boats during uh, Normandy. Yeah. And like it is probably... I don't want to say the goriest, but, like, just because of the subject matter, like, it's probably the goriest and hardest to watch opening to a movie maybe ever. Yeah. Yeah. And then they made video games about it. I don't like those. No. No. (laughs) I don't like that part. So, I think making video games about, like, the Revolutionary War is a fun idea, right? Because that's 300 years ago. Whatever. Sure. We're so far removed from it. But doing doing video games that are about, like our most recent war yeah it's fucked yeah and they're still like living veterans for it and it's still very much impacting modern history and stuff like everything that happened then like i did very distasteful like it wasn't there, like a cod world war Two movie they game or something um there wasn't a movie or warfare or something there no was... I, I said movie accidentally i meant game um there were a lot of call of duties in world war Two and modern ones too the, i think they're the modern ones are just uh, enlistment tools. Mm. I'll say that. So, you know how many people my age, like, went in the army because they like Call of Duty? That's disgusting. Yeah. That's like saying that you... I'm not saying enlisting in the army because you played Call of Duty is a bad thing, but I'm saying, like, it, it's, it's kind of there's, weird there's that... There's better reasons to enlist in the army than you yeah, like to game. Than being like, yeah, I want to... I was inspired by Call of Duty to fight for freedom. Okay weird <laughs> shouldn't you just want to do that anyways yeah, um, i don't know like if you if that's what you want to do i i don't know but anyway getting off of this horrible weird topic yeah um, uh, i do want to watch saving private ryan though okay we can watch it sometime yeah so anyway so oppenheimer is not a happy movie about a hero in world war Two. it's kind of like a pretty no. it's a pretty messed up movie about a guy who has some pretty bad problems and and has to work on something that that I won't say ruined his life, but well, maybe it yeah, did. It might have eventually ruined his life, and yeah. and um, you know, because like he never left the United States, even yeah. though like Einstein urged him to leave the United States. Yeah, like that part's true too. Mm-hmm. Einstein was like, I had to leave my country because of my achievements. 
Right. You might have to do that too, and you probably should do that. Right. And he was like, no, I'm going to stay here. And so he did, but he kind of like was, it was like a teeter-totter of whether people liked him or absolutely abhorred him. Yeah. And like... Because they thought he was a communist. That was the whole undertone well, there, of the... There was that, too. Yeah. yeah. Because he, like, dabbled with the Communist Party a little bit. But he never officially joined it. Yeah. He just had uh, family yeah. and friends who were in it. And, and he got into a little bit of, like, um, like campus politics when he worked at Berkeley. Mm-hmm. So and that got him in trouble. That got him in trouble, too. Because the whole, like, after World War Two was over, the Red Scare happened, like, right away. Immediately. And, and they were like, hey, didn't this Oppenheimer guy that basically like ended the war for us wasn't he a communist communist? yeah so then they accused him of being a spy for a long time too but that was very that was pretty quickly debunked yeah so most of the movie is like leading up to him creating the or them not him but like his crew and everyone uh in the desert i forget what it was called los alamos los alamos making the bomb mm-hmm. and, and testing it and everything. And then, like, the last, I want to say third of the movie, maybe, mm-hmm. is just, like, a trial. It, like, the rest is... of the trial. Because it, it bounces back and forth from, like, the the yeah. government and senators, like, questioning him on, like, his, his um, uh, what, what do you want to say? Um, um his what? On the, on the shit that happened. His allegiance to the country or whatever. Yeah, and about his loyalty how, to the country. Yeah, and about that. how he shouldn't have been like gotten his clearance in the first place. Yeah, I'm trying to see what that was called. I don't think it was called anything. I think it was just like a it hearing. Like, it was like a commission. Yeah, and and that's when it got into like the weird political part of it all, where it's like, yeah, hey, you're basically like. A war hero, but, a war also, hero, but a also you're villain. now a communist. Now we're yeah. taking your clearance away Be- because of because that's just how they operated back then. Like so many politicians were like ousted as, and, and it was all not true because one because uh, McCarthy was like, I think this guy is a fucking communist because mm-hmm. I don't like how he thinks. Yeah, and it was all basically like nobody Literally, was. Literally, if you didn't do, if you weren't a sheep. Yeah. You were a communist. Yeah. Like if they you, tried to control. Even if you, like, dressed not the right way, or yeah. if you, like, wore the color red, you're a fucking commie. Thank you, Lauren. Welcome. I'm wearing purple and blue. I'm wearing blue and black. So we're not communists. We're but not, we're not dirty communists. Our audio interface is red. <gasps> Timmy's is red. T- yeah, that Timmy's cup is red, too. Timmy's communist. Wawa is red. <gasps> <laughs> so yeah um we haven't really talked much about the actual like movie movie but i, I would mean, say it just it just read a history book yeah I don't know. <laughs> read the oppenheimer wikipedia page I'd, I'd say it's it's worth seeing just to get like some context for like something that a lot of people like glaze over with the war yeah. uh because when longest... i learned about the war it was basically the war was going on yeah the atomic bomb and then it was and over. then it ended yeah right but like they never ever teach you about the makings of the atomic like bomb. i didn't know hitler killed himself before they dropped this bomb yeah yeah i didn't know that yeah that happened and then they thought japan was gonna surrender because of that but they mm, didn't they didn't because they they're japanese a lot of it was like honor bound stuff yeah because yeah. they're honor um the other interesting thing oh it just left my brain <laughs> i forgot it's okay oh niels bohr Niels Bohr. Yeah, that he talked to at the beginning. That's the one 
You know the Bohr's model of the atom? The Bohr? No, the Bohr's model of the atom. Like, the way that we draw the atom now. Yeah. He did that. Wow. He was him. His teacher? Yes. The one he went to the speech for at the beginning. Oh, he went to the speech for. Yeah. Okay. And the one who, when he... Not the one he tried to poison. No, that was... Somebody else. Was that Heisenberg? No. Yeah, that was Niels Bohr. Okay. Like, at the beginning, because he went to his, like... Remember, because he knocked over the thing in the classroom? Like, he knocked over his Petri dish or whatever? And then he was like, oh, yeah, remember, teacher, we have to go see the Niels Bohr speech? And the teacher was like, fuck you, you're going to clean this up. And, um... And then he tried to poison him. Yeah, and then he tried to poison him, which that... I don't think that part was true. No, um, it was. It, how do you know? I, I watched the video about it. Oh. <laughs> I saw it on YouTube, so it has to be true. It that part was actually true. true. And I think they kind of, like, gla- glazed over a few things where, like... um. He, like, basically told his teacher that he poisoned the apple, and then he went, like, somewhere else for a little mm-hmm. bit to, like, get mentally stable again. I don't know. Again, I'm not really into mm-hmm. World War II, so. I'd love to watch that video. Yeah. Anyways. But, yeah, that <laughs> so was that's it. Four. That was, um, so, would you say, overall, this was a good screen? I'd say it's a good screen. It's kind of hard to talk about. It's hard to talk about. Definitely buff up on your World War II history. Yeah, kind of. But know, not so much the war fighting part, but like the politics the, part. Yeah, basically look up everything about the Manhattan Project because we probably could have benefited from that. We would have a lot more context and and. Well, I had context because I've been listening to, and I still haven't finished it yet because it's so long. But the last podcast on the left did a whole series about the Manhattan Project that's like six episodes long. Okay. And their episodes are like two hours long, so. Cool. Yeah, a lot of really interesting stuff that I learned from that. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, go and watch that because it's probably less all over the place than our discussion about it. Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of comedic asides, but their oh, okay. their conversation about it is very good and mm-hmm. very well researched because they have a research team. Not cool. just It's not just me. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I would say overall it was a good screen. I would say... See it in IMAX if you can still. Yeah. If you have the luxury of doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can see this movie being, I, I don't want to say enjoyable, but being interesting to watch uh, multiple times because there it, there's a lot, it's it's a dense on information. It's basically a talking movie. Yeah. A lot of talking. Um, there are some boobies in it. There are some boobies. Florence Pugh's boobies. Yeah. And if that there's is... There's a little bit of balls. When? Uh when she was like on top of him during the conference thing oh yeah the illusion part you could see his balls a little bit oh cool yeah so if that entices you to see this movie (laughs) um there you go there you go go learn something um but yeah overall very interesting like biographical movie a little different than other christopher christopher nolan christopher 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 nolan movies yeah uh, if you're expecting it to be like Tenant or Inception, but like about a very grounded in reality historical event, uh, you're going to be a little disappointed. But if you need something to um, watch to gain history and be entertained by people talking for three hours, yeah, 
I'm making it sound like it was not an enjoyable experience. You make it sound like uh, uh, one of our episodes of our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you need to hear a guy talking about uh, a bomb for three hours, if that, that if that's up your alley, then you're gonna love this movie. Yeah. Uh, just uh, the score is very good too. Oh yes. Yeah. Typical. I don't. I forget who he gets to do the music in his movies. I want to say it used to be Hans Zimmer. I think I don't know I'm not we I need to watch his movies uh Christopher Nolan's other movies again because they're very Ludwig Goranson oh wow very different okay never mind yes so yeah if you're a fan of his movies just go in knowing that it's a little different oh Dunkirk was the other one that he did that was like a European war movie about like frontline I don't know. That one might be more of a propaganda film than this, mm. but we would have to see. I mean, I feel like every war film has a titch of propaganda in it. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you know, it, it, history is written by the ones who win. That's what I was about by to say. By their vic- the victors. That's what I was gonna say. So, um, also watch Barefoot again because that really shows you what happened there. Really fucking shows you. All right. So, do you think we're done talking about? um oppenheimer yeah but i'd appreciate if you turn my mic up like you, i asked you oh to. you need you want your mic turned up yes i told you i'm I, i'm talking at a normal volume but i'm it's showing up really quiet okay um i will turn it up on our next part let's take a break and then we will continue okay All right, Lauren, we're back. We are? Yeah, we are. Lauren should be louder now without me editing her volume. Hopefully. All right, Lauren, so let's take a break from Barbenheimer, and let's talk about something else we've been watching the last little bit of time, Mm -hmm. which has been The Bear. We talked about this a little bit last episode. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, But I figured we would have enough. um, We only watched a couple episodes at that point. Yeah. And I figured we'd have a little more to say about it by the next podcast, mm-hmm. and we'll do that. So, yeah. we watched uh, all the first season and the first like six episodes of season two. Yeah. So, pretty much all of it. Yeah. So, basically, The Bear is a show about a dude who is a world famous, very affluent. Affluent. Yeah, you could say that. Chef. Yeah. Who had Michelin stars and I think three Michelin stars and yeah and all that and suddenly one day his his brother dies well, kills himself, kill himself and he goes back to Chicago and takes over his brother's pretty small scale sandwich shop yeah his brother willed it to him yeah he willed it to him and he has to get acclimated to the staff and working in a completely different environment from mm-hmm. the hoity-toity uh, culinary world yeah and that's the setup for the whole show pretty much the first season of the show is basically stress incarnate literally yes but it's Uh, so good it will make you never want to work in a kitchen in your life you shouldn't uh, unless you're really passionate about it which everyone in the show is in different ways yes so you have carmy first of all who's passionate about it because his brother willed it to him mm-hmm. and you have his business partner his brother's business partner richie yeah who is passionate about it because it's part of his 
history in Chicago and everything. Like it's a very historic restaurant. And I then guess, yeah. the, the old timers, Tina and what's the other guy's name? Ibra. Ibra. They're they've been. I, I think Tina's been there for like what twenty years. She said something crazy like that. Something really crazy like time. probably before his brother took it over. Mm-hmm. And Ibra, who are long timers, and they just they're there to you know work in the beginning at least. Mm-hmm. And then Carmi needs someone from more of a culinary world, so he gets in Sydney, who's kind of like the co-star of the show, especially in season two. Yeah. Um, and she is his sous chef and, and, um, she essentially breaks and, and Carmi, they both break the restaurant with their clashing world. It's basically about like two worlds coming together to make something work. And the first season of the show, from what I've watched of season two has a much different tone. So it starts out really like, man, this kind of stinks. How are, what, like, what is the point like you find out that his brother had all this debt and he's trying to figure out the expenses and stuff and he Mm -hmm. loaned out money from like a family friend or a family member his uncle so it starts out like man what are they going to do to like make things better and there's basically an inciting event at the end of the first season where like they get a bunch of money they get a bunch of money in some in some way shape or form and at that point like season two starts when they start figuring out what they're going to do with all this money yeah and the tone completely shifts like there's still a little like stressful stuff because they're renovating the restaurant Mm -hmm. but it feels it feels like a completely different show however all the characters seem like real people and that's like what you want to get out of a show like this Mm -hmm. that's what i really like about it yeah they're very real very adaptable very complex characters yeah like jeremy allen white is going to be carmy like it's that kind of show yeah it's like a a luke skywalker or like captain picard sort Mm -hmm. of role where like people are gonna see him in other series and be like oh there's carmy carmy yeah oh my god it's carmy omg carmy and honestly like everyone in i'm not a huge tv guy and this this show kind of made me think like maybe i should watch more tv tv show like prestige tv shows or you could say i mean this is technically a comedy but whatever yeah but like they weren't in anything too like crazy before this, uh, and I wouldn't consider this to be like anything like Marvel tier. It put his name out there though. <laughs> it did put his name out there. Yeah, he won a, a Screen Actors Guild Award for mm-hmm. it. Uh, the first season. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about strike. the second season. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that probably after everything. <laughs> oh yeah, because that ties into that ties back into Oppenheimer uh-huh. too. Because the strike started, like, while they were doing some sort of, like, press show or something. And some people left. It was the premiere. The premiere. And literally the whole cast of Oppenheimer got up and left the premiere. Wow. Of their own movie because the strike started. That's crazy. They're like, all right, bye. So, anyway. um, Yeah. So, to spoil a little bit of the show, um, who's your... Who and why is your favorite character? Who and why is your favorite character, Lauren? <laughs> <laughs> Who is and why are they your favorite character? I have two favorite characters. Okay. My first one's Carmi. Okay, of course. Because. Because. Okay. Um, And then my second one is Tina. 
Okay, I love Tina. Tina. Tina's like the work mom for yeah. everyone. Tina, I thought was the villain of the show. Yeah. the first five episodes, and she was very against the change. But it was yeah. after Sydney started working with her a little bit that she kind of opened up to it. Yeah, and then Sydney like offered for her to be the sous chef, but she has to be sent to like actual. Cook she has school. to go to culinary school. Yeah, yeah. she has to go to culinary school, and she's just like thriving. She loves. I'm it. so happy for her. Like it, it, it starts with her like being like. Being like, oh, uh, why do I have to self-sabotaging do this? and yeah, and like literally. making life harder for everybody. She was so against the change, and and then like suddenly something clicks mm-hmm. in a certain episode, and she starts like respecting people more, or uh, not people, but Sydney. Sydney, and like being a better person in in the restaurant and mm-hmm. she doesn't like the whole like yes chef sort of thing because that's how they talk like the yeah. the lingo in the show is funny because i i never worked in like a real kitchen so mm-hmm. i don't know like the, you worked at mcdonald's i worked at mcdonald's for a month and i worked at my mom's bakery which wasn't a real kitchen at no. all we didn't even say behind you mm-hmm. um we said behind at starbucks yeah um so she doesn't like the lingo at first so she says Jeff. Jeff. She calls Carmi Jeff. <laughs> she calls him Jeff. Uh, eventually, she says she chef. still says Jeff to Carmi. She still says Jeff to Carmi, but she says Chef to everybody else, mm-hmm. and it's really funny. Like seeing she had the biggest development in the first season. Yeah, uh, out that's of why anyone. I liked her so much. Yeah. So Tina's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um. So you said Tina and Carmi. Carmi are your favorite? Okay. Yeah. I like Richie. <laughs> Richie is super. He's such a compl- He's such the most complicated guy there because he like, really is. Like he he's kind of the most realistic person there because Tina's mm-hmm. kind of like the person, the character you expect. Like oh, she's she's changing and and mm-hmm. character development. But Richie doesn't really change. No, we learn but, about him a bit. Like we yeah. learn that he has a daughter. And right, then, and he's divorced. Yeah, and um, and you and like he's kind of an asshole and like uh, very cancelable. Extremely, and and people don't like him because of that, or Sydney especially doesn't like him because mm-hmm. of that. And then she starts throwing it back at him, and then they just start sort of respecting each other. Yeah, um, which goes into the tonal shift of the the second season mm-hmm. because um, at this point everyone gets along. Everyone is getting along, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just the frustrations with like rebuilding the restaurant, right? And of course, we've only watched like five or six episodes of season two, mm-hmm. so they haven't even got back into the restaurant environment. So who knows? Maybe like it gets stressful again. Probably but, season three will be insane. Yeah, because I'm willing to bet that the season ends with like them opening it at the end. Yeah, and season three will probably be about like those like two or three months that they have to grind to yeah, get to get the money back to get the money back, but also because Carmi really wants a star. Right. So, but yeah, Richie is one of my favorite characters because. Like he starts out like you hate like you think he's like the villain and he's like gonna get thrown out of the mm-hmm. um, the restaurant or something because which I thought he was gonna get fired for like yeah, a for, good while yeah and then mm-hmm. you find out all this stuff about him like he wants to be a good dad and everything yeah. but like he's separated and, he was, mm-hmm. and he's really trying and like he, like he goes to the hardware store with Sydney in like one of the earlier episodes mm-hmm. and like it's really rough and like quiet and then he calls his daughter because mm-hmm. his daughter like got bullied or something like that yeah she like got picked on at school that and, day and she and, wanted to talk to and him and he was he was trying to be a good dad or he was being a good dad there i guess mm-hmm. as good as he could and like it, it, he's the most like transparent character on the show where mm-hmm. like you know um he's gonna say what he thinks and i'm sure at some point in this season there's gonna be a big wow moment with him yeah just the way they're building him up 
but um very he's the most down-to-earth character and like uh even though he has some rough opinions and he's pretty stuck in the past he's very crude too yeah he um he's very stuck in the past and and he has a, a huge dedication to the area and chicago and everything and well and also to mike yeah mike. and to mike mike because yeah. uh, the brother who killed himself i feel like he knows something about mikey <clears throat> that no one else knows yeah and i feel like he's gonna spill beans yeah i feel like there's gonna be some sort of drama about mikey again soon also i don't know if you picked up on or not but have you noticed how there's like almost like how mikey kind of is like a character what do you mean I mean, like, have you noticed the kind of, like, borderline, like, supernatural stuff that goes on? No, what? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Like, so the episode, like, where the power goes out? Yeah. The power goes out because they're fighting. Oh. But then the moment they make up, the power comes back on. Oh, that's... I, I don't know if that's supernatural. Well, I thought it was funny. It'd yeah. be like, like, Mikey did it. I don't know. That episode was very cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the more, like, turning point episodes where mm-hmm. people started to get along because of the situation they were in mm-hmm. um so yeah the first season of it at least watch the first season yeah uh, second season is kind of different and it goes into like their building process mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem like of course there's no te- there's not as much tension but there's like some other things that there's you learn about popping up because especially because yeah. right now where we're at because carmy is getting in contact with like an ex-girlfriend again all of a sudden yeah carmy um, has a love interest and i don't really like that part of the show i don't like it either she really reminds me of like a manic pixie dream girl um yeah and then it's also causing issues with sydney because like him and sydney are supposed to be doing restaurants yeah stuff, sydney's and trying to work and, and he's like bailing yeah he but he really needs something like that if you think about it yes, so like, but like there's no there's no now. truly good person in this show no there's no I hero mean, it's, it's real people it's real people and it feels like real life like mm-hmm. sometimes you just need to take a break and he needed to take a break so yeah i guess so but at the same time like it's it's a lot less about the restaurant it's more about all the characters it's more about the characters this season Mm -hmm. like you learn about marcus yeah they send marcus to denmark to yeah do a bunch of like to copenhagen or to like baking stuff yeah and and you think like it's gonna go all wrong and everything and he's gonna be like you're a horrible baker and and it goes really good it goes really well and there's like a lot of positive development and you're like wow that's great i am worried that in like the next episode or something that his mom's gonna be dead oh his he's mom's gonna... probably gonna die with the end of yeah, the season yeah i feel yeah. like he's gonna come back and he's gonna find out like his mom <clears throat> passed away the day before or oh that'd be terrible and he it... doesn't show up or something yeah but um but yeah so it it is kind of weird because like there's a lot of like extra stuff going on in the second season which i'm sure is just building i I know it's building up to something and i'm gonna like i feel like it's a very um like arrested development type thing where there's all these things going on separately (laughs) sure and then it's all gonna like meet up at the very end at the end yeah and i kind of know how it meets up at the end and what their dishes are because fucking binging with babish they keep doing all the do all the foods that they're making later in the season yeah. Like, I can't watch a whole season of a TV show in one sitting. I can't do it. Especially with Hulu with ads. Are you fucking kidding me? So, like, that's the, the the biggest problem I have with this show is fucking binging with Babish a week after the fucking season premieres. They have, he like, says, five episodes. Oh, here's all the food. And I'm, I'm 100% sure that all their research they're doing now into foods is going to culminate into one of the things that he featured on his fucking YouTube channel. Mm. Just give it a month, dude. I don't care if the algorithm won't like it as much in a month. Just give it a little bit of time. The normal people 
need time to watch a TV show. Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> The Bear is a very good show. Yes. Uh, everyone, I would say a very good screen. Mm-hmm. If you have Hulu, uh, give it a shot. If you don't have Hulu, ask your friend for their login. Literally. I mean, that's how we have ours. Yeah. All right. So um, that's pretty much all we had to say about The Bear. We kept it nice and short and sweet. Yeah, yeah. So let's shift gears again and go into Barbie. Okay. I'm still really quiet. You are? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I think it's just your voice. It's just my voice doesn't travel as far as yours. Yeah. I okay. have a high-pitched little girl voice. You have a little girl voice. You have a man voice. Yeah, I'm sure there's a way I could tweak it, but anyway. Is it showing up green? Yeah, yeah, when you talk, talk again. I'm talking right now. I'm yeah, talking, you're fine. But it's showing, like, a lot quieter than yours. Yeah, you're fine. All right, whatever. All right, let's go ahead and take another little break, and then we'll talk about Barbie. Barbie! I'm going to get some water, because I have a lot to say. Yeah, do you want me to, like, pause this, or just keep it going? You can keep it going. All I'm, right. No, don't keep it going. Pause it. Okay. All right, we're back. We are back again with our second movie of the day. Yep, and we also just tried ketchup chips that we got in Canada. We did. We'll talk more about Canada later. Mm-hmm. We will talk a lot about Canada. Yeah. Okay. So, second part of Barbenheimer. The Barben. The Barb. The Barb. We went to go see, for those of you just tuning in, if mm-hmm. you skipped for some reason the first third of the podcast, <laughs> we watched Oppenheimer and Barbie on the same day. We started with Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine what would have happened if we started with Barbie. We would have exploded. We would have exploded like the bomb. Yep. Um, okay. Lauren has tasked me with the research for Barbie. Uh, so this might go as well as Lauren doing research about World War Two. Yeah. yeah uh, I, I definitely, I just want to say, <laughs> we. I definitely learned a lot about Barbie. There's a lot to learn. Barbie is an incredible woman. Uh, Barbie is kind of a polarizing figure. Barbie is all of us. The The concept of Barbie is kind of like Very good meta. and bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Barbie, of course, the movie, yes. is based on the toy Barbie. <gasps> what? Yep. Did it make the Barbies after the movie? No. <laughs> no, I can imagine a huge surge. And someone was telling me to like invest in Mattel before this movie came out. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I think that surge is already hitting. But let me... Hold on. Let me Just out of curiosity. You're going to look at Mattel stock? I'm going to look at Mattel stock again. I was um, talking the other day about a Barbie I wanted to get. Yeah. I, I don't think... I don't think so. There's a Barbie that comes with a sewing machine. And she, like... Her thing is that she sews clothes. Mm-hmm. But I would give her a little display so that it's like she's sewing a quilt. And how old are you? Old enough to spend my money however I want. <laughs> Okay. Says the man who's going to order anime figures. Shush. It's actually pretty down. Da- it's down 3% last week, so I think the surge is over. Mm. Uh, anyway, um, I don't like stocks. Yeah, Barbie's based on Barbie. The toy. Yeah. Barbie is a... For anyone who doesn't know a thing about Barbie, uh, she is a fashion doll. And she was created by Ruth Handler and manufactured by Mattel. Mm-hmm. Ruth Handler is... In the movie, but that is not her. No. That is not her. That is the woman from Cheers. Mm-hmm. I forget her name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Barbie was first released in 1959. Uh, Barbie's influence spread to many things and was 
moved into the realm of multimedia in the 80s with video and computer games. Yeah. And eventually she got a bunch of CGI films starting in the early 2000s. Which were my favorite things as a kid. Yes. And then eventually now she has a, ooh, a feature film. So very exciting times for Barbie. Well, she also had a series on Netflix. Two different series on Netflix. Okay. And like a whole YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And she was in Toy Story. She was in Toy Story. She was a very good character in Toy Story. Ruth uh, Handler got the idea for Barbie after seeing her daughter playing with paper dolls, Mm -hmm. but giving them adult roles, Mm. like Mommy and Daddy and Mm -hmm. Baby. Well, Baby's not an adult (laughs) role. I was going to say, what the fuck? Uh, So, like, Playing House. Playing House, yeah. Initially, Mattel wasn't interested in the the idea, and then included Ruth's husband, who's Mm -hmm. the co-founder of the company. Mm. So, big burn there. Oof. It wasn't until Ruth went to Europe in 1956 and discovered a German toy doll called Build Lily, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing correctly. Don't look it up. No, I want to see what it looks like. B-I-L-D-L-I-L-L-I. Oh, yeah, it looks like Barbie. Yeah. We'll go into that then. She was inspired by the doll, so she took one home for her daughter, who was with her, I think, Mm -hmm. and two more home for Mattel Mm -hmm. for research purposes. Mm -hmm. Ruth redesigned the Build Lily doll um, with the help of Jack Ryan and renamed the doll Barbie after her daughter. It made its debut in America at the American International Toy Fair in NYC on 3-9-1959, which is also Ruth's daughter Barbie birthday happy birthday barbie uh the first barbie doll wore a black and white striped bathing suit which was shown in a dramatized version of barbie's creation in the beginning of this movie which was pretty funny that was all just space odyssey it was space Space odyssey Odyssey. yeah um to nobody's surprise the manufacturer of bill lily lewis marks and company sued mattel in march 1961 for patent infringement, specifically specifically related to the Lily's doll's hip joints, mm. um, they use like the same technology basically, and because you know she copied the doll, yeah, like it wasn't an original idea, hmm. it was just Americanized. Mm-hmm. So in a way, both of our movies were about things that German and Americans were building. Just the Americans made it better. Yeah. They also both launched in Japan. <laughs> I don't think that was true. I couldn't find anything. All right. So there's a there's a meme going around of uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer about both of them launching first in Japan. So there's a meme going around saying that they both launched in Japan. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find any evidence of that on Wikipedia. It just said that it launched in an American toy fair in 1959. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think that was a very tasteful meme. Did you didn't actually like Google it though? No. So you didn't research it. I researched Wikipedia.com. You read the Barbie Wikipedia article and that was it. Yeah, but it lo- but it was revealed in America. Well, yeah, but that's kind of like how anime figures are revealed, but they're not launched yet. True. Okay, well, let's move on. Okay. Uh, anyway, so uh, they sued, yeah, the German company sued Mattel, mm-hmm. and it was settled out of court, and in 1964, Mattel bought the copyright and patent rights uh, 
uh, from for Build Lily for mm-hmm. $21,600. That's in that their money? Uh, then, American dollars. Well, yes, but yes, the 1960s money. Yeah, 1960s money. Hmm. Um, there's a bunch of controversy um, initially. Uh, mothers did not like her big chest. I can understand. And um, Ruth Handler and her husband were terminated from Mattel in 1974 <gasps> after an investigation found them guilty of issuing false and misleading financial reports. What? Yeah. What, what a hero. Uh, in 2006, it was estimated that over a billion Barbie dolls, dolls, Barbie dolls <laughs> had been sold worldwide. Wow, and you, over... you really kind of just skipped like 30 years there. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot happened. No, there's some stuff in the middle there that I'll talk yeah. about in a minute. Um, yeah, over a billion Barbie dolls have been sold worldwide in over 150 countries, with Mattel claiming that three Barbie dolls are sold every second. Remember the statement above, though. They falsified financial reports. Does Mattel still do that? I don't know. Fictional biography. Well, Barbie's backstory. Barbie's lore. Barbie has a lot of different lore. I was a little upset to find out that a lot of this lore was not touched upon in the movie, other than like little references at the end. Yeah. But there could be a sequel. She's not original Barbie. She's stereotypical Barbie. Stereotypical Barbie. So it could be in the next one they go seek out the original Barbie. That's true. Okay. Barbie's lore, her backstory. Mm Mm-hmm was invented in a series of novels published in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Her full name is Barbara Millicent Roberts. That's cute. She's from Willows, Wisconsin, which doesn't exist. Okay. And there might be a split timeline in the Barbie lore. <gasps> the Barbieverse? The first set of novels that were invented were published by Random House. I don't know who made them. I didn't look into that. Mm-hmm. And had Barbie attending Willows High School. Mm-hmm. And the second set of novels, known as Generation Girl, mm-hmm. were published by Golden Books in 1999. Oh. But Barbie attended another fictional school called Manhattan International High School. But now she's in New York. In New York City. Yeah, I don't know. So there's two Barbies in the, in the, the book lore. The split. Yeah, so the, either there's another generation of Barbie, which, I mean, it was called Generation Girl. Mm-hmm. So maybe the first generation was Generation Woman. Yeah. Barbie has an on-and-off relationship with Ken. Yes, she does. Ken was introduced in 1961. Ken was the name of Ruth Handler's son. Mm. So Barbie's love interest is, yeah, very weird that she named both of them out of her son and her daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, Barbie and Ken split up in 2004. I don't know if you remember this. You were pretty young. You were Barbie age, though. You were Barbie age. I didn't have many Barbies growing up. Okay. But anyways, I digress. They split up in 2004 after Mattel issued a news statement about it. They issued it to the news. They let everyone know. That Barbie and Ken broke up? Yeah. What? Like, they... Can you imagine being the Mattel spokesperson and handing a piece of paper to the CNN correspondent and being like, we have some uh, big news breaking news and like they're like oh what, what happened in new york now and it's just barbie and ken broke up. can you imagine being like a i mean i didn't have barbies and i never knew about this also i would have been five at this point can you imagine being like a 10 year old girl and playing with your barbies and you hear on the news barbie and ken broke up yeah like officially yeah like 
it make believe more like make fake news make me cry make you cry <laughs> anyway um they tried getting back together in 2006 after ken got a makeover i i didn't look into that one but that's is what it, it just said. they did a different model for Ken now? They, Ken had a different model Ken? and the... the Ken got plastic surgery? Yeah, the advertising for it was maybe he has a chance with Barbie again. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, in 2011, Mattel launched a campaign for Ken to win Barbie's affection back and they officially reunited in 2011 on Valentine's Day. Took a while. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, so after the makeover and a few years of learning to love himself, I guess. Yeah, he had his, he had a journey of self love. Yeah, and then he found Barbie again. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this didn't last because they were um, shown as just friends in the 2018. I don't know if it was a movie or a TV show. Uh, Barbie Dreamhouse Adventures. That's the show. That's the show. They were just friends in the show. Oh, shit. He was her neighbor. <laughs> so, yeah, we're learning a lot about Barbie. Yeah. I was, at this point, I was hooked. I was hooked into the Barbie lore. Yeah, you, you went way deeper on this than I did yeah. on real history. <laughs> <laughs> Fake history is way more fun. <laughs> um... Barbie has three younger sisters, Skipper, Stacy, and Chelsea. Chelsea used to be Kelly. Mm. I remember Kelly being the sister, yeah. Uh, Barbie also has retired family members. Weird. Uh, Like as in their dolls are retired. Yeah. Todd, who is Stacy's twin brother. Chrissy, baby sister. Mm -hmm. And Francie, cousin. Mm. So where'd they go? Where did the baby sister go? gone smallpox smallpox uh barbie has a few friends uh now in this section of the wikipedia article it listed their uh race before their name and i took it away because i didn't think it mattered go off king um we don't see color (laughs) yeah because i did not want to say african-american and then name because i felt like that just sounds weird that didn't add anything so i mean maybe because there were other like dolls with the same name before i guess i don't know but Teresa, midge christy and steven steven is christy's boyfriend uh yeah, barbie midge had pregnant. barbie had a fling with blaine <gasps> an <Ew>. australian surfer <gasps> whoa during her time off with ken and barbie has 40 different pets including cats dogs a horse panda a lion cub and a zebra wow and she has many modes of transportation, including a pink beetle, Corvette, trailer, Jeep, and planes. <laughs> and she has a pilot license, and she's a stewardess. Mm-hmm. At the same time. At the same time. <laughs> so clearly, and this is part of she's the movie. She's also an astronaut. Yeah. This is part of the movie. But Barbie was designed to have many different careers to show that women can do a variety of things in life, including being an astronaut, doctor, and nascar driver yes that's word for word from wikipedia and spongebob and spongebob <laughs> fan. barbie is a cultural icon mm-hmm. uh, uh cultural things pop culture related andy warhol created a painting of barbie which sold at an auction for 1.1 million dollars uh later on um i forget what year i think it was like 2015 2016 uh, the Andy Warhol Foundation teamed up with Mattel to create an Andy Warhol Barbie. Mm. Very cool. That sounds cool. I had Andy Warhol Vans. Very nice. They had the bananas all over it. Cool. 
Did you slip on them a lot? <laughs> no, but I did wear them till like my feet were coming through the bottoms. Ew. <laughs> so I could have. Controversies. <gasps> In 1992, Teen Talk Barbie was released. She spoke four different phase- phrases out of 270, so no two dolls were alike. Mm. Unfortunately, one of the phrases was, math class is tough. No, girls in STEM, no! <laughs> Which was criticized by the American Association of University Women, even though since there were 2 million, 216 million, f- five, oh, hold on. <laughs> math is hard. <laughs> math, math is hard. <laughs> hold on. 216,546,345 different phrase combinations and only so that meant only 1.5% of the dolls manufacturers actually said that. Imagine having the one that said math is hard. <laughs> yeah. So it discourages women yeah. from being good at math. Pregnant Midge used yes, in the movie. I love Pregnant Midge. Um, was in 2002. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were complaints from parents stating that it promoted teen pregnancy. It also looked really fucking weird. It also looked weird, but also, yeah. like, there are a lot of Barbies that are moms. But and also people, like, girls mostly, they don't, they don't play with Barbies like they're teenagers. They play with yeah, Barbies they, like, like they're, they're adults. Adults, yeah. Yes. Also, if you look at the lore, Midge was a, a married adult by this point, so. Yeah. Come on. I knew that just from reading Wikipedia. I mean, the little girls know what babies are. All they play with are baby dolls until they get a Barbie or something. Yeah. Saudi Arabia. Oh, no. (laughs) Saudi Arabia outlawed Barbie in September 2003 because they didn't conform to the ideals of Islam. The uh, government... Barbie's not halal? What? Barbie's not halal? No. (gasps) It's even worse than that. Oh, shit. Uh, A government agency, I forget the name, quoted, Jewish Barbie dolls with their revealing clothes and shameful postures, accessories, and tools are a symbol of decadence of the perverted West. Let us beware of their dangerous, of her dangers, and be careful. Barbie's Jewish. Uh, her um, Ruth Handler was Jewish. Oh, so (laughs) no, Islam, no. So in Muslim majority nations, Barbie was replaced with Fula, who conformed to Islamic values. Wow, Fula was not manufactured. No, Um, hold on. Fula is not manufactured by Mattel, but Mattel does license it to certain markets. Hmm. Jewish Barbie is still available in Egypt and Indonesia, which are Islam uh, majority countries. Hmm. Uh, in 2014, Mattel published a book called Can. Reading is hard. Wait, what? Oh, okay. <clears throat> they, they published a book <laughs> called Reading Hard. Um, called I, I want to say it was supposed to be Barbie can be a computer engineer mm-hmm. which depicted Barbie as being bad at computers and requiring her two male friends to complete <gasps> all the necessary tasks to restore two laptops after she accidentally plugs in a malware laced flash drive what the fuck the Barbie was... gave a Trojan virus and she didn't even <laughs> yeah. fix it the book was removed from sale <laughs> and computer <laughs> engineer Barbie was introduced like a doll. Yeah. And she was a game programmer. Oh, sh- that's fucking cool. <laughs> there were a lot of diversity confer- tra- controversies. Mm-hmm. There always are. And uh, I'm not going to talk about them. <laughs> Let's just say there was an Oreo Barbie. What? There was a black Oreo Barbie. Oh. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to skip those. But I'll just, that's a little taste of some of the stuff that people got mm. mad about. Body image. Barbie can be fat now. 
but she wasn't always. No. Barbie was pretty heavily criticized for having an uh, unrealistic body image for girls. Yeah, I remember this in like the late 2010s being a big issue. Oh, it was an issue way before that. Well, yeah, but I remember it a lot because, like, I watched a lot of, like, America's Next Top Model. Yeah. And then I would see stuff on the news about how, like, that wasn't healthy, which does. It wasn't. But then also how Barbie's, like, measurements on a real person would be... I'll get to that in a minute. Awful. I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, so they, they beefed her up. All right. So, uh, since Barbie was such a role model for girls, they would try to emulate her, and, they, and some of them... There were some studies shown that, like, yes, Barbie made some, well, helped influence some girls to be anorexic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, unreal, unrealistic body proportions in Barbie dolls have been connected to some eating disorders in children. Uh, a standard bar- Barbie doll is 11.5 inches tall, which is 29 centimeters okay. for Skyward and, I guess, Gearbox, mm-hmm. uh, giving a height of. Uh, Five point five feet nine inches one point five one point seven five meters at one six scale. Mm-hmm. Barbie's vital statistics statistics have been estimated at thirty six inches ninety one centimeters chest, eighteen inches forty six centimeters waist, and thirty three inches eighty four centimeters hips. That's insane. According to research at the University of Central hospital in helsinki finland is that how you say that do you say it like that helsinki helsinki she would lack the 17 to 22 percent body fat required for a woman to menstruate Mm. in 1963 the outfit barbie babysits came with a book titled how to lose weight which advertised don't eat fuck the same book was included in another ensemble called slumber party in 1965, along with a pink bathroom scale permanently set to 110 pounds, Whoa. 50 kilograms. What the fuck? Which would be underweight for a woman at 5 feet 9 inches Yeah, that's tall. like if I was my, like, quote-unquote scientifically ideal weight, that's what it would be at 5'2". Yeah. Mattel said that the waist of the Barbie doll was made small because the waistbands of her clothes, mm-hmm. along with the seams, snaps, and zippers added bulk to her figure. Mm-hmm. In 1997, Barbie's body mold was redesigned and given a wider waist, with Mattel saying that this would make the doll better suited for contemporary fashion designs. Only in 2016 mm-hmm. did Mattel introduce tall, petite, and curvy Barbie. Yes. Curvy Barbie made the cover of Time Magazine. So now I both of Barbie. both topics were on the cover of Time Magazine. Mm-hmm. I checked to see if she was on Time Magazine before that. Barbie was done. Mm. Maybe Life. Mm-hmm. Life was big. I don't think Life's around anymore. I think it's at the grocery stores. Okay. Um, in 2006, researchers Helga Dittmar, Emma Hallowell, and Suzanne Ive, excuse me, conducted an experiment testing how dolls, including Barbie, affect self-image in young girls. The research found that the girls who were exposed to the images of Barbie had significantly lower self-esteem than the girls who were uh, exposed to a realistic-looking doll called Emmy. Mm, I remember that. Yeah. Um, I have a hot take about the movie related to body image stuff later on. Yeah. But um, let's continue. Yeah. The movie! 
Okay. Oh, go on. I was going to say, let me know when I'm allowed to have an aside about body the toys image. I, no, the, no, the toys I played with growing up. Okay, what what were the toys you played with growing up? You're so allowed. I, I didn't have many Barbies. <laughs> My friends all had Barbies, but for whatever reason, I didn't have many Barbies growing up. I had Bratz, um, and I really enjoyed them. I especially remember having a lot of like the Bratz babies with the big fucking heads. Um, okay, I loved them. And then I had Polly Pockets, hmm. um, and it was the era of Polly Pocket, where she had like the rubber clothes. Okay. And you chew on them. You are. Rah, 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 rah. Oh, okay. That's girl dinner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's it. I didn't have many Barbies myself. I mostly had Polly Pockets and Webkins. Cool. Bratz was a big competitor when they yeah. came out. They were huge. And also really bad body image. Yeah, but they were funny. They were funny looking. I'd, so, like, I never, like, internalized any body image stuff from, like, dolls I Well, Bratz with. was super, like... Uh, dramatized barbie was more realistic looking yeah Yeah. emphasized like i remember there was like a bratz like movie or something that i saw like i had a couple bratz dolls yeah maybe my mom didn't want me to be like the other girls and got me bratz but i just remember i thought it was funny how big their heads were yeah it was pretty funny yeah okay let's talk about the movie okay the movie was directed by greta gerwig Mm -hmm. she directed lady bird and little women it stars a lot of people but Margot Robbie is Barbie, stereotypical Barbie. Ryan Gosling, he's Ken, regular Ken. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate McKinnon, America Ferreira, uh, is a Ray. Ray Perlman, she's the woman from Cheers mm-hmm. who plays Ruth. Uh, Will Ferrell, who's the CEO of Mattel, mm-hmm. and others, including John Cena, including especially John Cena, yeah, and Michael Sarah, and Michael Sarah. Uh, the movie was initially announced in two thousand nine. Yeah, so I've read about that. Originally, she was going to make it back then, but, like, the so- society hadn't caught up with the message she wanted to give yet. I thought it had a different director. That, too. Okay. But she, like, approached it again in, like, the mid-2010s, I think. Okay. But society wasn't where she wanted it to be at for the message of the movie, so she waited. Okay. I've read something about that. I think this movie would have been more effective ten years ago. No, I think it would have been a lot worse 10 years ago. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, look at Devil Wears Prada. It would have been like that. Oh, okay. Amy Schumer and Anne Hathaway were both going to be Barbie until the film rights were transferred to Warner Brothers in 2018. Can you imagine Amy Schumer being Barbie? I'd fucking kill myself. Filming began in 2022. Um... The screenplay was written during the COVID lockdown where Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach collaborated on the screenplay and were given full creative freedom by Mattel for writing the film. Mm -hmm. The narrative arc was inspired by the 1994 book Reviving Ophelia by Mary Pfeiffer, which accounts the effects of societal pressures on American adolescent girls. Mm. Um, It had generally positive reviews and made um, $516 Worldwide, making it the ninth highest grossing film of 2023 so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only been out for a week. Yeah. Um, here's some Barbenheimer stats mm-hmm. for both movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think part of my thing is cut off. Oh, well, I've talked enough. Um, AMC Theater stated 40,000 AMC stub members pre-booked tickets for both films on the same day. Mm-hmm. Opening weekend gross of... 
162 million was the largest opening since since Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, mm-hmm. and the biggest film opening ever for a movie directed by a woman, beating Captain Marvel. Wow. Uh, thankfully, good job. Um, third, high- <laughs> actually, I kind of like Captain Marvel. I never saw it. Um, third highest July opening movie weekend behind The Lion King 2019 mm. and The Deathly Hallows Part Two. <laughs> so. Yeah, hard to beat Harry Potter. There's more. No, I think it just hit. I think it just hit another decimal or oh, okay. uh, dot. Bold point. Bold point. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so Lauren, what do you think about Barbie? I overall liked it. Okay. But there was some things about the way that the plot flowed that I didn't like. It wasn't so much the criticisms that you harbor. Right. Because you have, like, weird man criticisms, (laughs) um, which are invalid in this conversation. Okay. This is a woman movie. This is a woman's world. For women, by women, this is utopia. Yeah. Um, I didn't like how, like, the plot, like, finished up, like, two-thirds of the way in. Yeah. And then, like, the last third of the movie was, like, that didn't have to be there. Well, it's an existential movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the last third of the movie felt out of place to me so i'm not ashamed like i get i get what happened i get why it happened but i didn't like it i i think it's kind of funny like i'm I'm gonna spoil the whole movie okay Um, so we do that every time yeah so barbie lives in her wonderful world where Mm -hmm. women do everything who run the world girls i can't believe that movie that song wasn't in this movie yeah right um all the women do everything and the men are just there to be on the beach and Mm -hmm. they hope one day the women will notice them Mm mm-hmm because they are so good at their job of beach. Beach. Because that's all that's left. Because the women do everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Barbie suddenly starts thinking about dying mm-hmm. during a party. Yeah. And she wakes up with cellulite. Mm-hmm. And, Which I didn't like that either. Yeah. And she's like, oh no, what's happening? Something is wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I need to figure out what's wrong with me. So she goes to Weird Barbie, who is who was ousted for from the cool town, mm-hmm. but still has a really cool house. Yeah, uh, because her person that controls her basically mm-hmm. um, cut her hair off and yeah, stuff. Yeah, played with her too. Played hard. with her too hard and and started growing up basically. So Barbie's like, okay, well my girl's probably growing up, and I need to talk to her and tell her, ask her to change me back, mm-hmm. and because I I can't change. Change mm-hmm. is bad. We need to stay good, good, fun time, Barbie land, whatever. Mm-hmm. So she goes to the real world, but Ken comes along. Yeah. Because he wants to spend time with Barbie. He wants to help her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go to the real world, which is super dramatized to be like, um, every man is sexist and every man runs everything. Which isn't how the world is at all anymore. I mean, it still kind of is. But, like, it was, it was, I, I understand they wanted to, like, make a point, but, like, it would have felt more like, oh, wow, yeah, it is kind of like that. Ten, that's why I said, like, 10 years ago, it felt more like that. 10 years ago, I think there would have been a lot more, like, awful jokes and insinuations. No, I think if it would have had the same director, it would have been, it still, people would have been like, well, that was kind of like, thought-provoking for a barbie it's a movie about a fucking doll first of all so like take it at face value but but every every man in this movie was fucking retarded and every woman in this movie was smart just like in real life so it was i I understand like it's supposed to be an empowering movie for women yeah but imagine if they flipped it around 
That's, that's what not, every other movie is. No, it's, it's it's not though. There haven't been there hasn't been a movie like that since like the eighties, mm-hmm. or maybe the early nineties. Like we've made so many strides to like better represent women, especially in movies. Yeah. And in real real life, like our vice president, love it or hate it, is a woman. <laughs> not like the best woman yeah i don't but, like i don't like but it her. is a woman but, yeah. okay so like like we don't live in the world that they're like portraying here yeah like it's it's 10 20 years ago like you couldn't even two women couldn't even marry and yeah i feel like it that's why what i meant like 10 years ago we wouldn't have had all the like i won't say women's rights have changed that much since then society has changed but society has been more accepting women. so like it feels sort of out of place that they're going that route now like it definitely feels like they started production in 2009 yeah i see but, why you say that yeah so that's that's my only hot take about the movie i think that but and and i didn't like where it resolved so so mm-hmm. and it was funny at first like ken goes out into the real world and, fi- and like he's empowered because he finds out that men do everything there and mm-hmm. and he his whole life he was doing nothing yeah and but he he's misled and that's the funny part about it because he he only he thinks men rule the world with liking horses yeah and cars yeah so so he goes back and tells all the other kens mm-hmm. like hey we can take this place over mm-hmm. because this is how it's like in the real world mm-hmm. and then barbie is still out there mm-hmm. and she finds the person who owned her which is actually an older woman who's going through like well, it's the girl's mom. The girl's mom. Who, like, kept her when the girl was throwing all the other Barbies away. Yeah, and she and started playing like, with her. Yeah. And, um, and she's, like, getting older and, like, dealing with being a 40, 50-year-old woman or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's going through some things. And they don't really talk about that at all. Just about that she's sad. Why she's having those thoughts or anything? Well, it was partially because so she has like the depressing job. Yeah. She has a bad relationship with her daughter. Uh, yeah, because her daughter's getting older. Yeah. Which is just normal. And she's maybe going through like menopause. I don't she know. She might be going through menopause. And her husband is the nicest guy, but again, he's dumb as a doorknob. He's dim. Yeah, like every other he's man. Learning, in this movie. He's doing Duolingo for Spanish. He was trying to learn Spanish for her. Mm-hmm. He was being a good guy, mm-hmm. but he's again portrayed as kind of a dumbass. Mm-hmm. So, so they kind of like drop her sto- arc and her story, and they're like, "Oh no, Ken's gonna Ken's going back to Kenland or Barbie Land, mm-hmm. and then they they go back and he transforms Barbie Land into like Kenland, and they're all over the, the Kens. Mojo Dojo, yeah, something Casa like house. that, yeah." And it's super, and it's super stereotypical and kind of like weird, but like they're 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 all feeling well, empowered. It's like what, so it's like what ha- would happen if like a boy like invited himself into like his sister and her friends playing Barbies. Yeah. It's like what he would do with the Barbies. He'd be like, "No, I'm in charge. Yeah, this is my house, actually, not yours. You stupid girl." Yeah, that's how I saw it. So why? The thing about the movie that, and again, this is a movie about a fucking doll, so yeah, take it at face value. But I thought they would touch upon like more people in the real world who were like playing, like controlling the Barbies, because there's only one that they really touch upon. Like, what about everybody else? Where's yeah, how their many, how controllers? Many Barbie worlds are there? Yeah. How big is the Barbie verse? Yeah. So she, Barbie goes to Mattel mm-hmm. at some point, or Mattel tries to like steal her they 
figure out that she came out of Barbie world and, and bad things happen when that happens. Yeah. And that, that part kind of fizzled out and didn't really matter eventually. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a weird plot thing that they probably had something for, but they're like, no. Yeah. And then they all go back to Barbie land and, and then the mom is like, Hey, we can just manipulate the men to do what we want because they're simps yeah. and they do that. Yeah. And they manipulate them so they're all distracted so that they, they all cast the vote to uh, reinstate all the women again. Yeah. So it basically gets Barbie Land back to where it was. Mm-hmm. But the Kens are all really sad because they don't have a purpose in life. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like pulls into the point of like, that's how a lot of men feel though. So I don't know if that's like Commentary. part of the message or not. I don't or know. I, that might be like the, the man message or like the... Uh, adult like I don't know know. but I felt like they were going somewhere with that and then and then the Barbies were like oh you'll get your place in the house of representatives in like 50 years Mm -hmm. and they kind of laugh but then Barbie's like well we just kind of like put everything back to where it was I still have like there's no purpose in my life because everything's going to be like this forever Mm -hmm. so what does she do she becomes a real woman and has to go to the world that's apparently just run by men. Yeah. She decides that's a better. She decides that's a better place to go to than Staying a utopia with world. all the women. Yeah. Which I don't really understand. Yeah, and it ends with her getting yeah. it, going to her first gynecologist appointment. Yeah, because now she has a vagina. Yeah. Yeah, I thought maybe it would end <laughs> on a note like. They th- bring equality right. to Barbie world. Yeah. Like, instead of, like, joking equality, but, like, actually giving Kens, like, yeah. something to do. And, like, opening Letting them have up. jobs. Yeah, because there are Ken dolls with jobs. You're right, yeah. There's, like, the whole line of, like, I can be, and there's, like, Kens that are, like, firefighters. Yeah. So and, even the like, toy is more, like, is more and... less, like, sexist than the world that they live in. Mm-hmm. Towards men. So I don't, I, I don't I don't know that that part of the movie bugged me. I don't know if I have I swayed you in that direction. Like this is kind of fucked up. I mean, movie. like I see it, <laughs> but I'm like also setting that kind of aside because I enjoy the movie for what it is. I did too, but like I it just left a bad taste in my mouth. I feel like they could have definitely like brainstormed but here's the problem. a bit more. Here's the problem though. So remember I said the self image thing. Yeah. A lot of little girls are going to see this movie. Yeah. And a lot of them are going to be like, oh we're in charge mm-hmm. and they'll basically become a joke to like everyone in elementary school because they'll be like no fuck you and also all the women look really pretty in this movie well yeah but there's all kinds of women yeah but they all look really pretty okay so the body image thing you're saying not every woman is pretty not not every woman is is um What's her name? Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Well, yeah, no. Or like Dua Lipa. Yeah. Is it Lipa or Lipa? Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa? Mm-hmm. Okay. I like her music. Yeah. So, or John Cena or, or yeah, Ryan Gosling. Every, every yeah, all the men look really good too. Yeah. So like there's, this movie doesn't really do a well, lot Well, that's because to, that's how Barbies look. Right. But like Barbies don't look like that anymore. In 2016, you know we figured that out. We made the plus size Barbie. Where was she in the movie? Do you know What? What? Where is Down Syndrome, Barbie? No. Shh. We're not going to talk about Down Syndrome. That was... No. We're not going to talk about Down Syndrome, Barbie. So, one of the plot points of the movie, the only reason why she went to the real world is because she got cellulite and she didn't like it. 
Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't like that at all. When so, that happened, I was like, why is that the awful thing happening to so, her and not the fact that she's just not like the other Barbies anymore? And she's thinking about dying. Yeah. Why Where's therapist Barbie? Why couldn't... Right? Like, why couldn't <laughs> she go to therapist Barbie and, like, yeah. talked about it? Or, like, what if the issue was, like, like how she wasn't able to, like, fly down anymore? Or what if it was, like... Like that, but also like other magical stuff that happened, like how her feet were now flat. Yeah, her and feet also were maybe flat. her she had bad hair. Yeah, or something, not cellulite. Yeah, which like everyone who is an anorexic has. It's just natural. Yeah. So and they didn't do they didn't touch upon that at all. Like they dropped the whole like yeah, what's I going on like with that. the woman thing in the real world just because the men were taking over. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I think the movie, like, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's... You're just missing the wonder of being a woman. I don't know. Maybe... The best thing about being a woman is... Is seeing Barbie. Did you ever take all the clothes off of Barbie? Oh, yeah. My friends and I, we made our Barbies fuck. Wow. Yeah, they fucked and they had babies. And then they had issues because they, like, fucked each other's husbands and Ew, had what their the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what girls who play with Barbies do. I took like, the clothes had, like, out the Barbie couples. and I went. <laughs> like we had like two like couples, right? And then they had like yeah. their friends. But like the, the drama was always something like he fucked her and now they have a baby. But they can't tell everyone that the baby isn't his. Maybe the Islam are right. <laughs> <laughs> it was like shit Maybe we the saw Muslims it. are on It was shit something. we saw on like TV. You know what I mean? Like Dr. Phil type shit. Yeah. Like. It was just us making drama. That's what girls who play with Barbies do. I never thought they I'd sympathize with the Saudi Arabians. All right. I'm going to... Wow. All right. So... Over, but overall, if you don't think too hard, if you turn your brain off for If this you're movie, a 10-year-old girl and you're watching this, I'm sure it's fantastic. It's fantastic. And you're going to want to go ask your mom for well, a Barbie. I mean, if you want to think about like another Barbie movie, don't you remember the one with Tyra Banks? What? And Lindsay Lohan? It was a Barbie movie? It was kind of like a Barbie movie. It's like her doll came to life. Oh. Do you remember I, that? I remember that, what yeah. What was it called? I, I don't know. We'll find out later. Yeah, that was really good. Okay, like, and it that had a good be, message? It had a message of like how to grow up. Okay. Like growing up. Okay. Yeah, I thought either this was going to be about growing up or it was going to be about like learning to love yourself even though you have flaws. And it was mm-hmm. not about that. Not it was not all. about that. It was about having an existential crisis and moving on and deciding to learn that you're a woman or you should be a woman yeah. because your life doesn't matter unless you're unless you're a real woman. Unless you're perfect. So, I don't know. Again, it's a movie about a fucking doll. Take it at face value. It was mm-hmm. funny. Yeah? Yeah. Remember, Russell, you are Ken I'm, Huff. Yeah. You're that Ken part Huff. was funny. Yeah. Like it it was cool that like they like kind of touched like the men men's mental health thing cuz like that like seriously like if you think about it what's the man's job in the world it's to at least in my I mean look at our household I bring the money home I provide but what else do I do fucking nothing cooking I cook okay so I'm also Barbie yeah but like a lot of, and that that goes especially like later in life that goes through men's heads like what am I here for other than to provide I don't have any like hobbies or anything and yeah but I, I like that they touched upon Russell, that with Ken it is time for you to go to therapy yeah yeah I talked about that at therapy today my therapist thinks you should go to therapy wow well thank you so much yeah 
Um, but yeah, I like how they at least touched on that, but they didn't resolve that. No, they didn't really They kind of anything. made fun of it in a way, mm. which I think is messed up. Mm. Look at the ratio of, of suicide rates for men to women. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's a movie about Barbie. It was all right. Yeah. I would say it was a borderline bad screen, but, um, I, maybe I wouldn't have thought too deeply about it if we watched it first. Okay. Yeah. You weren't in a good headspace for Barbie. I was thinking about an atomic bomb. So naturally the first like weird thing I saw in that movie, I was like, the fuck is going on here? Yeah. And then it kind of spiraled. Also, it was kind of like a big advertisement movie. Yeah. I, I Of course, like it was made to sell Barbies, but like there's also a Chevy, Chevy commercial that's literally just a scene from the movie. Yeah. And they show the dashboard, just show you the features in the movie. Mm-hmm. Of the Chevy that she's driving in. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Mm-hmm. A lot of Barbies for Christmas this year, though, probably. I'm getting a lot of stereotypical a Barbie Barbies. I'll buy a can. If you buy a Barbie, I'll buy a can. I just want to get the sewing Barbie and make her. And I'll show you how fucking weird quilt. it is. I'll how set them right next to the TV and play with them. Okay, let's play Barbies. <laughs> no. <laughs> let's play Barbies. No, I think. Um, I think a fun extra thing to do would be to watch the um, the Barbie CG animated movies. Yes! All 16 of them. Okay, maybe not all 16 of them, but definitely my favorites. Okay. We're going to watch Princess and the Popper, Swan Lake, 12 Dancing Princesses, <laughs> Fairytopia. Fairytopia? Yeah. Okay. Um, Thumbelina. Okay. That's all the ones I can remember off the top of my head. But they're all very good. Nutcracker. Barbie the Nutcracker is the best Christmas movie to watch. It's called Barbie in the Nutcracker. Barbie in your fucking butthole. I remember there's like a golem. Yeah, there is a golem. Yeah, my sister had that one. <laughs> the one that's Fairytopia, that's the one with Bibble in it. I don't know. Oh my god. He's like a fat orange and blue thing with big fucking eyes. Okay. Or purple and blue. I said okay. orange. He's purple with like blue spots. And he has like one of those weird Barbie CGI faces. Like have you seen the memes of the elephant from Barbie that has like human eyes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like that. Okay. It's so good. All right. I had a Bibble plush. And then I also had a plush of um in, uh, I don't remember which one it was, but there was one where she had like a purple unicorn mm-hmm. and I had a big plush of the unicorn. And it was amazing. Like, it sat on my bed. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, do you have anything else to say about Barbie? I feel like I dominated that conversation. I love Barbie. I, I hear the criticism, but I love Barbie as a concept. Okay. I'm going to go buy Barbie. I'm going to get sewing Barbie, goddammit. Okay. Cool. Do you want to take a break before we start talking about our last thing? Yeah, Or sure. do you have anything else to say? Uh, Live free Barbie hard. Barbie hard. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let's take a break. break. All right, we're back. We're done talking about screens. Yep. It's time for a screenless shout out. Yep. We have a combo this week, I think, right? Oh, the same thing? Yeah. Do you have the same thing as me? I hope so. We'll do it. Three, two, one. Vacation. Canada. 
Yes. Same thing. the same thing. We went on vacation. That's why this episode's out a little late. Mm -hmm. We went to Niagara Falls, Canada and Niagara on the Lake. Uh, It was only for a few days, but we had a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. We did. Uh, You want to go ahead and elaborate on the thing? Yeah. The vacation, I should say? Yeah, we spent... Uh, four days in Canada. We stayed at a hotel in Ni- at Niagara Falls. Uh-huh. We went down to the falls, like, every single day. I'd much. say so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we spent, uh, like, half of a day in Niagara-on-the-Lake, but we planned for our next trip in Canada. We want to spend, like, a couple days in that area. Yeah. It was such, like, a sweet little surprise. And mm-hmm. it's, like, it's just this little, like, lake town on Lake Ontario. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to go do stuff in the lake next time. Like, I want to go swimming. I want to do, like, kayaking. I want to spend more time there. Okay. And, like, hiking. There were, like, trails around there. Yeah, there was a lot to do outside of, like, we were in the tourist trap. So, we got there. I went to Niagara Falls, like, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. I was pretty young. I don't remember it. I was uh, eight years old. Mm -hmm. And I remember we same same hotel I stayed in. Back then, mm-hmm. we stayed in now. Like, I'm sure it was redesigned and everything. Mm-hmm. But I remember us just walking down. We were there. Mm-hmm. They completely blocked off. And you could tell, like, there were steps to go down. Yeah. Um, they blocked off that whole area. And now there's a... It's basically, like... It feels kind of like an Atlantic City or, like, mm-hmm. something like that. But it's on a Kind of man- river. very manufactured. Yeah. So there's way more hotels. There's... Way more restaurants. Mm-hmm. And then there's a central area where you just walk down to the falls and it's like at the end of the falls so, or at the middle mm-hmm. of like the strip that you walk down. Mm-hmm. And the falls are still, obviously they don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And and the park and everything. But um, over if you turn left from there. Yeah, if you keep walking left. And go up, like it, it loops back up, but there's mm-hmm. like this whole boardwalk-esque area now yeah that wasn't there in 2002 it was was, kind of awesome though yeah i was like what the fuck Mm -hmm. and that caught us by surprise so we were we went there for like at the end of the day for a little bit yeah we spent a few hours didn't realize so much was there yeah like the first night we were pigeonholed because we wanted to go to the rainforest cafe yeah we had to go down there and we were we were kind of like stuck on that Mm -hmm. and we didn't even like go back up we we left and we went back down mm-hmm. and we didn't even like think to look what was up there and then the second day we were there we were we went to get ice cream yeah we went to get ice cream and i was like an ice cream place yeah and i was like well wait lauren let's 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 go up here and see what what's going on mm-hmm. there's so much there so was a, much. a burger king with like a frankenstein, frankenstein there Ripley's was go-karts Museum. um a lot of uh mini golf mm-hmm. weirdly in in buildings yeah um, You've a lot of stuff for kids. Dark mini golf? No, it's fun. A lot of stuff for kids. Mm-hmm. But there was just so much more added there, and it was great. But but I would say overall, Niagara Falls itself, uh, if you get there early, is a day thing. Yes, it is not a four day thing. No, I'm so glad that we left. We went to Niagara Falls, the town, mm-hmm. which felt more like a regular old town. Yeah, it was just a regular place. It's pretty 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 ghost town on a Tuesday afternoon. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And and then they told us, like, oh, yeah, you should go to Niagara on the Lake. It's, like, yeah. a half hour away. Like, I asked my waitress. I was like, so I grew up in a really touristy area. But So, like, what is something else around here to do mm-hmm. that isn't this immediately surrounding us? Yeah. She was like, oh, yeah, go to Niagara on the Lake. It's cute. And we did. And it was and nice. It was really nice. Yeah. So, 
if you go up north to the actual to the actual lake, I shouldn't say that, mm-hmm. to Lake Ontario where mm-hmm. Niagara Falls comes from. It's only like 30 minutes away. 30 minutes away. It's um very nice little town. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of little stores and shops to go to. I got my parents some coffee and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it was very nice, I think. But if we redid our trip mm-hmm. again, if we go there next year, which I, I'm not really like 100% okay with doing the same vacation every year. Like, I'm not old enough to do that yet. I mean, it's not the same. We're doing different stuff. It'll be different, but it's the same location. But I would do Niagara one day and then two days up there and then loop around and do a little more of Canada. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, we do, like, just a day in Niagara. We don't even stay there. We go to Niagara on the lake for, like, two days and do stuff on the lake. And then we go to, like, Toronto for two days. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice to do. Because then we're still going to Canada, but we're doing different stuff. Yeah. Okay. It's like you go to California, but don't just go to Disneyland. Yeah, it was very nice. My favorite part about the trip was the fact that I didn't have data. My favorite part of the trip was the film camera. Oh, that too. Yeah. Um, Lauren took uh, most of our photos on a film camera. Mm-hmm. And I took uh, enough photos. Uh, I'm sure everyone saw on Instagram right now. Mm-hmm. I posted them already of on my uh, Game Boy camera. Yeah. And they came out pretty good. Yeah, that was really good. And so, but Lauren used the film camera. It's like a Kodak something. Yeah. And um, it's great. Uh, we're going to get them developed soon. Mm-hmm. We just had to take some more pictures. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I, I liked how it, it kind of felt like a nice little disconnect from using my phone all day. Mm-hmm. And I already uninstalled all my social media apps, so, like, I wasn't even, like, getting antsy about checking stuff. Yeah. The only thing that sucked, though, was navigating yeah sometimes that sucked but if we got close enough to the border we got service we got service for a little bit and then it would help out so yeah when we were at the hotel because the wi-fi was really shitty but i was able to download the local map on Mm -hmm. google maps yeah using the map was difficult sometimes because things wouldn't load or like it wouldn't reroute us yeah and you got the offline maps from the hotel Mm -hmm. yeah so that was nice yeah i liked our little trip Mm -hmm. um do i have anything else to say about that uh, Russell did not propose. Oh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Um, apparently, that's what you do there, but yep. I didn't see anyone propose there, so I'm good. Well, that's what you do on vacations like that. I was just having a nice vacation with Lauren. It was nice. And then my sister, when we got there, she's like, are you going to pop the question? I was like, is that what people do here? And even I was like, no. when I was talking with Amanda last night, she was like, so did anything happen? No. And I was like, no, he didn't propose. She was like, yeah. oh. Apparently, that's a thing. It's just what you do Didn't when know. you go on vacations and you've been dating was, for almost five years. I was partying. I was having a good time. I mean, yeah, we had a good time. Yeah. I don't mean to sound like I'm complaining. I was She's just complaining. I was expecting it to happen and it didn't happen, but that's okay because Russell's stop taking my tissues. You're shaking the whole now you're shaking the whole table. I'm gonna divorce you. <laughs> but yeah, Russell supposedly has a plan. Sure. That's what you said. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do. I'm not. I'm not a public. I'm not going to do it in public. I think that's. Cringe. He's going to do it in our bathroom. Yeah, I'm going to wait until you're sitting on the toilet one day, <laughs> and you're in there for like 15 minutes, and I'll just bust down the door. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but we had a good time. Either yeah, way. we had a really yeah. nice time. Yeah. What else happened there? It rained. It rained a few days. Uh, it rained on and off. 
Yeah, but it wasn't bad. Yeah. It wasn't like the whole day. The trip up wasn't even that bad either. Like no. it was it was a long time, but since we switched off, it wasn't that bad. Mhm. Yeah. I feel like I should have another screenless shout out from the trip. But I'm forgetting. Hmm. Uh, oh yeah, we went to Tim Hortons. Yeah, Tim Hortons. Uh I've uh, had the sudden realization that as soon as I went into Tim Hortons that it's just Dunkin' Donuts basically for canadians yeah uh, i thought it was more like a convenience shop like wawa Mm-mm. but it is absolutely not it's it's like dunkin donuts if everything tasted good yeah uh that's that's the best way i could describe it mm-hmm. um it didn't blow me away it wasn't like a wawa level it sort was of nice it was nice but um it, it wasn't exactly what i thought it was gonna be because mm-hmm. i thought it was like a gas station equivalent thing yeah Oh, also, there were, like, 10,000 IHOPs. Yeah, IHOP was really popular in our area, probably because of the syrup and everything. But we were really in a tourist, like, trap area. Yeah, like, every hotel had an IHOP attached Every hotel it. had a restaurant or an IHOP. And there was so much to do. There was a lot of Dairy Queens, too. A lot of Dairy Queens and Applebee's. Yeah. Applebee's was big, too. I don't know. But, ne- yeah, next time, I would not stay in that exact area. No, I'd want to go farther north. Like where that party place was. Yeah. Um, like that strip or just not stay there, period. And just like spend a day there. Yeah. Or even if we like went to Niagara on the lake first for a couple of days and then went down to Niagara Falls for just a day. Yeah, we could do that too on the way back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Yeah, so as travel ambassadors on this podcast, Mm -hmm. if you ever go to Niagara Falls, make it a day thing. Just get there really early so you can park. Yeah, go park down at the falls. There's there's an area where you can do, like, all-day parking Mm -hmm. at, like, the Queen Victoria restaurant place. All-day parking is 35 Canadian dollars, so it's even less than American. You just park your car there, you go walk around, you do all your stuff, and you go back to your car at the end of the day, and you go to your actual real destination. Yeah. But the falls is very nice. It is very nice. It's my first time seeing, like, one of the wonders of the world. That is one of the wonders of the world. Yeah, and also seeing a great lake. Yeah. Because we went to Lake Ontario. It was a lake. It was a a big lake. Yep. We were really close to it, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, the waterfront was, like, right there. Yeah. Like, there were kids, like, playing in the water. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Well, that's about all I have to say. Yeah, me too. Cool. Uh, What do we have in store for the next podcast, Lauren? I don't know. A new movie. We haven't even thought soon? about it. Let's let's look it up right now. Let's see. Oh, are we the Joe Rogan podcast? Yeah, now? we're Joe Rogan now. It's kind of like the for fun part at the end, right? Sure. Um, Haunted Mansion. <laughs> oh God. Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom. Yeah, Sound of Freedom. The new Insidious movie. No. Pass. Um. What do we got that's out like by next Friday? Oh, we could still go see No Hard Feelings. Okay, that's eh. um, Mission Impossible. I think the only thing like coming out next week is like Haunted Mansion. Oh, okay. You want to see that? Oh, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. That comes out next week. That comes out on Monday. Okay, that works then. We can go see that. Sure. The the girl who plays Sydney is in it. Yeah, she from is. the bear. Yeah. So it'll tie everything together. Mm-hmm. Okay, so new movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm not a huge fan of it, so that'll be fun. As in, like, I, I don't know a lot about it. Not like I hate yeah, it. Yeah, I don't either, honestly. Um. Okay, and what about the old movie? What old movie do you want to watch? Saving Private Ryan. 
Okay. That'll be <laughs> no, a nice no, polarizing. No, let's not watch that. <laughs> um, I um, got a... Uh, we can watch some of the movies I got from the sale. Oh, yeah. I was going to see what's on our Google Sheets list. Yeah, what's on the list? Um, Amelie, The Exorcist, Planet Terror, Teacher's Pet. Is this from Will Party? No, this is our my list I made. Oh. Uh, Bernie featuring Jack Black and The Princess Bride. Because I've never seen The Princess oh, Bride. Oh, let's watch The Princess Bride. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a good one. Yeah, I've never seen the full thing. I've seen I know it. the memes, but yeah. like... Yeah. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's a classic. Yeah. That'd be a nice combo. Okay. All right. So next week, next two weeks from now or whatever, mm-hmm. we're going to do Princess Bride and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, I think this turned out shorter than I thought it would be. It's still going to be like three hours long. You think so? I know so. Last time we thought that and it was still two hours. I... After I cut out all your ums in the first part, I think I might cut it down. So, which one did you like more, Lauren? We should have probably talked about this before. Did I... you like Barbie or Oppenheimer more? Hmm. It's hard to pick, honestly. Because I like them both for different reasons. I, yeah. I, I had the most hype for Barbie. I even wore my pink dress. I had hype for Barbie, too. And it was a little squatted. Squatted? Squatted? Squat. Squashed. 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 There we go. There you go. <laughs> I got the word. Good job. Thank you. Math class is hard. Math class is hard. <laughs> I liked Oppenheimer more because it felt... because It felt it, more real? It felt Yeah, it felt more real. <laughs> I liked where my face melted off. Yeah, that was yeah, my that favorite was part too. When I got like stage five radiation, that was the best. When they told me I would have ten days to live, that was awesome. Yeah, that was the best part. Um, you know, if you actually see that movie, you're exposed to the radiation. Yeah, they put it in the film. Yeah, it's like 4D. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrible, Warren. <laughs> I liked Oppenheimer because it felt more like an event than Barbie. I wonder why. Barbie felt like an advertisement. I mean, inherently, that's what it is. Yeah, and I don't think Oppenheimer was selling me anything. No, Oppenheimer <laughs> did not sell World War II to me. But... Overall, like... we saw two movies that weren't linked to Marvel in any way. The win. That's a win. And I think I think a new Marvel movie comes out soon. I'm not seeing it. I need to get caught up. No, you don't. I don't know. I I feel like the writer strike is going to kill Marvel. Like completely yeah. like the all the not kill them, but like all the momentum that they have and DC. Like they're just going to lose it all. I'm not feeling any momentum from either of them. Yeah, what do you feel about the writer's strike? Do you think we're going to have, like, a lull in movies we can go see eventually? Yes, but also I did see something about how Disney is trying to use AI to write scripts right now. Since there's oh, no great. One to write the That's script. awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, they're trying to pay people to be scabs. What's that mean? A scab is someone who, like, crosses the picket line. Oh, okay. And like goes and does the work that everyone's protesting about. Yeah, now's the time yeah, to work. Yeah, a lot of like yeah. production places are uh, like hiring like crazy and trying to get scabs. But I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone's gonna fall for it, really. I think, I think that um, if I needed a job and I wasn't in the Screen Actors Guild, I would cross that picket line to say "fuck you." They didn't let me in, or they kicked me out. I don't think you'd get a job after that. Probably not. No. 
It's not worth it. Picket lines are serious business. Are they really? Yes. I think everything should have a picket line. My pussy. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching the good screen. Um, yeah, hopefully we don't run out of screens to watch. But, hey, we have plenty of extra old movies to see, right? Yeah, there's, like, a whole lot of movies we could watch. Yep, we don't need the Screen Actors Guild. Fuck the writers. Stop, <laughs> I'm just no! kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, it could be interesting. This happened in 2008 and delayed a lot of stuff, too. Yeah. Canceled a lot of shows. and Yeah. That was also when the recession happened. Yeah, weird. All right. It's almost like we're in another recession. No, we're out of it. See how much people are spending? Yeah. I don't know. All right. Anyway, thank you everyone for watching or listening, I guess. Mm -hmm. And we'll see you next time with Princess Bride, Princess Bride and, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Cool. We did that at the same time. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.